This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome to the Hero Academy Podcast, the place where we can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. I believe that frontline heroes such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those who have chosen to serve society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here you will learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their passion. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing. Things you can do to make extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you will learn from people like you who are working full time, but still found time to create a course, grow a big team or a large audience or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories and how they overcame burnout. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. I'm your host, David Diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. Hello, family, and welcome to this week's episode of the Hero Academy podcast. If you are a frontline hero, police officer, fireman, EMS, military, or medical professional, then you are in the right place, and the show is for you. This week, I have Mark Hillebrand, who I'm very excited to bring to you guys. He is my favorite, favorite, favorite type of guest. I said it off air, and I'm going to say it again. I'm so grateful for your time and that you're here with me because of all the things that he's been doing prior to retiring in the police department and all the things that he's doing now. I'm super excited for this guest. He's someone that I look up to as Mm. a uh, distant mentor of mine. Uh, We don't know each other very well, but we're going to get to know each other now. He is one of those people that in the success line, he is a few steps ahead. So everyone's on the same line trying to get ahead and trying to move forward. And he's one of those people that's just a few steps ahead uh, I asked him how many episodes of his podcast he recorded. It just blew me away. Uh, Mark, I'm going to let you take it away. Tell your story in the next three to five minutes. If you could please introduce yourself. Absolutely. First off, Super Dave, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to come on the podcast. Um, it's funny, kind of funny because I feel the same exact way about you. It's crazy, like the the, the thoughts and the stories and the things that we like uh, kind of make up about the people that we come across in our life. And I, I feel like you're the same way for me. So, um, Yes, everybody. Uh, my name is Mark Hildebrand. It is uh, really great and honor to meet you. Uh, grateful to be on the podcast. Uh, I am a 20-year uh, police veteran from LAPD. Uh, I'm a sergeant. Actually, as of next week, uh, no, in two weeks, I will officially be retired um, and have done my 20 years in LAPD. Thank you so much. Um, it's kind of funny because uh, when Dave, when you're talking about like all these different podcasts and all the different things that I've been able to accomplish, I think the one thing that I do better than everybody is I'm willing to fail and fail hard and fail fast. And the quicker that I can fail, the quicker that I like can get out there, feel uncomfortable and do stupid things, the more that I learn from that and the more that I grow. Um, and that's really what I, I like attribute some of my successes to. And I still am working on that and I'm willing to fail like flat on my face. So uh, for me early, um, I got on the police department at about 26. 
Uh, and I was the kind of person where um, we call us hard chargers. Like I was going, I was like, whatever I could possibly do on duty, off duty. I was like, I was a police officer. Like it wasn't some a job I was doing. It was my identity. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. I was going all in with it. Needless to say, I was uh, at one point, I was 100 pounds overweight. I then I started to get a family. I started to um, spend way too much time at work, uh, you know, court overtime, being the court qualified gang expert, doing all of this extra stuff. And I was putting like my family and my health on the back burner. And I don't like to say that because now it kind of like pains me. I'm actually kind of glad that I realized that so I could open my eyes because I've had so many people who have been in the police field and said they never got that turnaround and they were just, they still were stuck in that for such a long period of time. But I kind of like had the awakening, the aha moment when my son was first born and he spent 73 days in the NICU. And I was not physically or mentally ready or prepared for that anytime, like it was my first uh, kid. And, you know, you go into what you think is going to be just like a normal childbirth. And then before you know it, they're like, okay, you guys go home. We'll take care of your kid over here because he can't breathe on his own. And because I hadn't taken care of my health, I hadn't taken care of myself, and I really wasn't taking care of my family. I was giving it all to my career. Um, I wasn't prepared to like um, tackle that. And I really took that upon myself. I, I thought of myself as a failure. Like, this is my fault. Like, my son didn't get to pick who his dad was, and I'm, I, I'm not prepared. I'm like, I'm not ready for this. And one of the things is, after I picked myself up off the ground, because you know, beating yourself up and shaming and guilting yourself is never a helpful solution, right? You don't feel better afterwards and get want to get after it. I started to think, okay, like this is where I'm at right now, but what can I do now to actually prove that like, um, that I can be a good father, that I can be the husband that I want to be, that I can be, you know, take care of my health and prove that it is possible that you can succeed personally and professionally. And that's really what my podcast is really about. It's called Modern Leadership. And I'll talk about that in a second. But that was just the process of going, I'm ready for a change and I'm willing to get uncomfortable. And that's why I started trying doing different things for workouts, for eating, for like, and if it didn't work, guess what? I didn't mean to make it mean something about me as a human, which is what it normally it will say like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I just made it be like, this is a big science experiment. I tried that and it didn't work. So let me try this. Okay. It didn't work. And then finally I found something for me personally, it was a program called Beachbody where I had workouts. I could do it really quick. I could do it on the fly. They taught me how to eat better. Um, they have different supplements and I really plugged into that. And then I lost 100 pounds. Go ahead, Question. Super Dave. Is Beachbody a network marketing company? It is. It is. It is. Oh, okay. So, so I did network marketing for like 15 years. So, okay. Continue with the story. We, <laughs> have, so much, we have so much in uh, common. Dave, I know. We were talking before this about how we were security officers when we first started. We do have so much in common. And what's crazy is like- We're hustlers. Network marketing. We're hustlers. Exactly. <laughs> network marketing was my taste of entrepreneurship. Because at the time, remember, I'm a, I'm a full-time police officer, right? I don't know how to sell people. Well, I know how to sell them into handcuffs without fighting, yep. which is like what yep. we did, right? But I didn't know how to sell, how to talk to people, how to market, how to go on social media. Like back then, 10 years ago when I first started, like you didn't want to be a police officer on social media because people were going to come to your house and they had all these like, you know, uh, horror stories that they would tell you in roll call to not have Facebook, right? Yes. But after you lose 100 pounds, people start asking you, hey, what are you, what are you doing, Mark? Like, how do you do this? And so it naturally got me into starting with my MLM business and started to work on like myself, continuing to grow, right? Then I, I decided I want to get just as good at being a parent. I want to get really good at being a husband. I want to get good at business. And so I, but I was willing to fail. And I failed all those things so many times to find the right things that now people come to me. Some of them come from your health and fitness, but some of them come because they want to have better, better relationships with their family. A lot of them come because they want a better work-life balance so they can succeed at it all, right? Because you can succeed at it all. You don't, you don't have to sacrifice a part of your life for the other part. 
yes, there's going to be areas that we want to spend more time in, right? But when you think about like how can I balance is normal. Exactly. And it's, it's, I like to think of it as harmony because it's like this flood flotation of like different seasons you're going through. That's just a part of the human experience. So all that to say, I started my business. I once again, struggled through learning how to actually sell things, do those things. And while still being a full-time police sergeant, I was able to create a business that did multiple six figures. And now has gives me the ability of retiring early. Cause when I first started, it was like 33 years was for the LEPD. That's like the norm because then you get the max pension at 33. And a lot of people say, I'm going to be do 20 and out, right? Not many people do 20 or out, but it was one of my goals. I'm like, no, if I really want to, number one, make a huge impact, like you are super Dave, I want to be able to be with my family in the times that like my kids are like 12 and 14. They're like, it's like the prime time before they actually decide they don't want to be, you know, a part of my life anymore or before, you know, I'm not cool anymore. I'm still a little bit cool to them right now. Um, And it like gives me the greatest opportunity to go on trips and to do all those things at the same time of like really showing up on my A-game to help impact people all over the world, whether it's police officers, first responders, people in the business world. And so that, that I, I know that wasn't three or four minutes, but that's kind of like my story in a nutshell. That's okay. That is a very, very powerful story. And I'm going to unpack some of the things inside of it. Um, yeah. one, of, one of the things that I don't talk about very often on the show, but I'd like to talk about with you is the fact that so many powerful leaders come from network marketing. I believe in network marketing. I don't I don't do it anymore, mm-hmm. but I believe in it as a starting point for just about anyone who's trying to make a transition into business because it's usually yeah. very inexpensive to start and it gives you some invaluable skills. There's so many phenomenal speakers that you hear on the stage when you go to a network marketing event and mm-hmm. they get you so fired up for living your best life. Mm-hmm. You, so how heavy were you at your heaviest point? Let's start there with your health. I was 267, uh, 267 pounds. So when I stepped on the scale, I still remember it. It said 267. And this was actually before I got into the police academy. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm 267 pounds. I've like literally lived my whole life to be an LAPD officer. My dad was an LAPD officer. Like I literally from the beginning, from when I was ever small, I was asking police related questions because I knew that I was going to be a police officer. But after while going through college, I let myself slip, right? I don't have the time while I'm working and going to college. And I stepped on the scale. I remember it said 267. And I'm like, what in the world? And I know that I I couldn't, I couldn't go through the academy at that, that at that point. And it was like, uh, I, I need to make a change here. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So then you uh, started on the program and you lost a hundred pounds. That's um. Mm-hmm. Th- did people say that you were taking it to an extreme? Yes. Because you went from two sixty seven to one sixty seven. You yeah. had to be shredded. Like, did you step on any stages at at one sixty seven? I didn't. I didn't. You didn't. No. You, you just did it for yourself. I did it. Well, I did it for myself, but I did it for my energy, and I did it because I knew it would help me show up in every other area of my life better. You had to feel incredible. You had to feel incredible at that at that lighter weight. Like you, you probably felt like like Superman. Like you could jump over buildings and, and leap through walls. You probably felt amazing. I felt way better, way better. And it, what's crazy is like you'll feel better, like you have energy wise, but also like your mindset's better. I mean, there's so many different things that when you're taking care of yourself, like you could just function on a just much different level, right? Because everything is flowing and working in synergy in your body, and it's not having to like overwork because you know, you're overweight or your, your cardiovascular system isn't like keeping up or your, your muscles are too weak. Like it just, it's something that yes, 
you could see the you could you could see the pictures, the before and after. But really, like the in, inside, the internal transformation and the things that it makes possible for you is something we can't even describe on a podcast. I wish I could flip the camera and show you. I'm I'm in my basement and I have, um, I have some parallel bars. I have a bench. I have a Roman. I have a pull up bar and a dip bar. So I have everything that I need to. If I can't make it to the gym, if people know me personally, I'm going to the gym every yep. single day, and mm -hmm. I'm going to uh, be there for at least 45 minutes. I have my mm -hmm. quick workouts, but I just posted a video. I'm going to send you the link because you'd be the perfect person for this uh, app. It's called Any Question. You answer questions um, about about the job and about what you're doing now, and you answer them in like a one-minute or 90 second question. Oh, this, this app is going to be perfect for you. I, so I answered the question. It said, uh, what's three things you can do on a daily basis to, to keep in shape. And I call it the prison workout. It's the mm -hmm. three core things, um, push up, pull up and squat. If you do those three mm -hmm. core things, if you do nothing else. So I started out the answer with, Hey, if you can't do those things, just walk. Cause mm -hmm. everybody, everyone can walk. If you struggle walking, then you have much, much bigger problems. But um, if you can do a push-up, a pull-up, and a squat every single day, it doesn't matter the number. It, it's the consistency that matters. Mm -hmm. But if you can do those things every single day, if you can do the prison workout every single day, you will be, you'll be in great, great shape. And then, uh, and then you'll, at some point, you might want to add in some weights. But mm -hmm. I want to focus on your career as a young cop. So... Mm -hmm. You, you mentioned uh, gangs. I know you started somewhat after the Rodney King era, so uh, tensions were high when you started the job. Mm -hmm. um, talk about your career as a police officer. What's the craziest or funniest situation that you can remember being involved in? Mm. That's a, <laughs> so, many, so many different things. So I started in 2002. <laughs> so I started in 2002, and LAPD was under what's called a... Um, the consent decree because of the rampart and all that great stuff that was kind of going on. So, um, uh, it, it was kind of a weird time to kind of, kind of like come on, but I can tell you that I learned so much from that experience just from like learning from the people who've been there, like for the longest yeah. time. And then a new generation kind of coming up, which is kind of funny because every time a new generation comes up, like the old timers are like, Oh man, those kids or whatever. And I never thought it was going to be me. And now I'm, and now I got 20 years on going, Oh my God, those kids. Like, it's crazy. Like how that kind of happens. Um, but man, there's, there's a ton of stories that, um, that kind of pop into my head. Um, I remember one specifically and my kids, my kids are like, dad, can you tell us that story again? Can you tell us over and over again? And it's kind of a funny story. Um, but most of the time, like I was in gangs. So I would, um, I would be talking to some of like the toughest of the toughest people out on the streets. Right. And I remember, um, this one specific thing, like one of my, my specialty was finding stolen cars. And I would get into a lot of pursuits. I would apprehend them. They'd have guns and do all that kind of stuff, right? And so um, me, uh, we were when out. They let and pursuits, when they let pursuits go. Back in the day. Yes, back, back, in, the back, day. In, <laughs> back in the day. When there was actual, yes, when there was real reasons to, to pursue them, right? So um, I remember that we were in a pursuit. Um, we ended up uh, chasing the suspect. The suspect like jumped over a, uh, a wall. And while we were chasing, um, I remember my partner was kind of like, like he was like, what's that smell? Like, what, what is that smell? Needless to say, jump over the wall, hardcore gangster, get him down on the ground, uh, handcuff him. And he looks up and he, um, he tells my partner, he's like, I'm so sorry. 
I crapped my pants when oh, you guys were running God. after me. <laughs> and it was like, it's that moment where you're like, you're like really still pumping with adrenaline because you just had yeah. to chase somebody and you had like yeah. all of these things kind of going on. It's going through red lights. And then you get there and you put your handcuffs and you're like, what, what, what is that? What is that smell? And this hardcore gangster is like, oh man, I, I'm sorry. I, I just couldn't hold it or whatever. And now we're going through the process of, okay, let's get this guy some pants. We don't want to humiliate him in front of everybody. We don't want to bring him back to the station. <laughs> so we're like trying to figure out all this stuff. And what most people think is like the gangsters are just hard all the time. Like they're just like, they're not scared at all. Like they're ready. And literally, and I know that people like this, they're like, oh my God, I, I'm sorry. I, I just couldn't hold it. <laughs> I remember my, my kids actually asked me this one time. They're like, dad, what's the funniest thing that's happened? I don't know. That one popped into my head. And now they're like, dad, tell us about it again. How did, how did it happen? And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have told them about it. But yeah, that's probably <laughs> one of the funny ones that come up for me. Um, so I just want to switch gears and spend some time talking about your business now because mm -hmm. I love people that have a focus on the future and a growth mindset, and they're doing things that inspire other people. So uh, just tell us about, like, as you were working as, you know, later in your career, you're in your 15th, approaching your 20th year, what were you working on at that time? What were you building? And um, what, what are you building now? Yeah, so... Um, so uh... 10 years ago, I started my health and fitness um, business, and I was helping people getting healthy and getting fit. And I felt like there was some more stuff that was inside of me that I really wanted to help people with. One of the things that um, really touched home with me is like family. Because um, growing up in a family where um, my mom and dad got divorced, and my dad did everything in his power to make enough money for us to kind of live, like I didn't get to see him much. I didn't get to spend much time with him. Um, it was very, very limited. And when I did see him, like he was exhausted from working all of these extra overtime shifts and stuff like that. And at some point when I started to focus on my own health and fitness, um, I started to realize that I was actually doing the same thing that had happened to me. And I'm like, I refuse to do that. Like I've got to be the generation where this stops. And so that's when I started to, just like I did with health and fitness, right? Like try a bunch of things, see what was working. I did the same thing around parenting and becoming a better husband. I started to join mastermind teams. I started to find like um, books. I started to find podcasts. I started to like connect with people who are really good at that. And I started to learn from them. And what I realized is I loved that. I loved creating that great connection with my family in a way that doesn't require a ton of time to do that, right? A lot of people think, oh, if I want to connect better with my family, that means I have to spend so many extra hours with them and do all this stuff. And it's like, no, it's, it's dependent. It can even be dependent on what you're doing. Like what if instead of you sitting in front of the TV for two hours, like not talking, just watching the TV, what if you turned it off and for 15 minutes you played a board game? Yeah. Or you just ask, ask them some questions like, hey, what is something that made you smile today? Like really just even just having a conversation like that is totally different than like, hey, what, what happened to your day today, right? And, yeah. and just really being able to connect with them in that short period of time. So that's when it kind of spun from me just helping with health and fitness to helping people like in, in multiple different areas of their life. And that's when I became an actual certified life coach. Uh, it's great. So I love the fact that you're coaching now because that's what I help other first responders to do is to become coaches and mm -hmm. use their story to help other people because so many people they need they need that help and i just want to throw some clapping in here for your for your story it's so powerful uh, Thanks, man. <laughs> i i love playing with those with those uh those, those buttons <laughs> yeah i love playing with them um what's some of the biggest lessons that you've learned that you can share um that you teach from your program so you talked about family 
quality time over quantity time. Mm-hmm. Um, what's some other lessons that you like? You have pillars or like a system, a, a framework. What can you share with us? I do, I do. But I, I actually just want to share this one quote because it is the, it is the thing that. Yes, I talk a lot and teach a lot about, but it's like the universal thing that has helped me to grow in multiple areas of my life, including when it comes to my business. And that is your, yeah, your outward success is a reflection of your inner growth. So your outward outward success success. is a reflection of your inner growth. Example, your health and fitness, all right? So your outward success, how much you weigh, has a lot to do with what's happening on the inside, right? When you, the first day that you, there you go, Superman. When you first get started working out, when you first get started eating healthy, what happens? Nothing on the outside, but everything starts to change on the inside. And once that inside is like solidified, right? It's kind of like when we plant a seed in the ground, right? We water it, we give it sunlight. It starts to grow the roots, right? On the outside, we don't see that anything's growing. We're like, there's nothing here. It's just a pile of dirt. But we don't see what's taking root underground, what's taking root inside until you get to that moment where a little bit sprouts up and you start to see it on the outside. But some of us will go, oh, you know what? Let me just let me just move this to another place or this isn't working. And what they don't realize is that it's the consistency of you growing like really takes those roots. And then before you know it, it's like a freaking oak tree, right? And it's like, this is freaking awesome. Everybody looks at the oak tree going, how do I get that by tomorrow? Instead of asking themselves, I need to grow first because my outward success, what's happening on the outside is a reflection of my inner growth. And you know this too, Dave, like, you can learn the tactics of coaching, the skills of coaching, um, you know, mentoring, masterminding, all of these kind of things. But as you continue to grow, that's when the outside will soon start to catch up, right? Because I know you and how powerful of a coach you are. And the more you do it, the more you put it out into the world, the more you continue to grow, it just it just starts to like come on the outside. And then everybody's like, I don't know, I want to work with Dave. I, I want to I learn how to become a coach. I want to, and that happens from you growing yourself and thinking about how can I grow to be the kind of person that has this coaching business? How can I grow to be the kind of leader that people want to follow at my police career? How can I grow to be the kind of person that, that yes, I'm kind of like my kids love to be with me, but also I'm there to guide them and to nudge them when they're going the wrong direction. And how can I become the kind of person that my wife like loves to spend time with, right? And when I think about that, I think about how can I grow in order to make that just naturally happen, right? And so when I think about that, that's how I, that's, that's the system that I use for everything that I do. And it keeps it so much simpler than like really like thinking about all the different steps it's going to take, right? And by doing that, you get yourself to take action and then you ultimately become that thing. I believe, I believe, I believe, be, do, have, and yep. uh, consist, consistency. It's, it's the reps in, in anything. If you want to increase your pull-up numbers, you have to just do one pull-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, do, just do one and then try and do another one the next day, and eventually your numbers will increase. When I first started, I could only do like a couple of pull-ups, uh, you know, three, four, five. It's like one of the hardest exercises. And yep. then um, after two hours of rolling in jiu-jitsu, I jumped up on the bar and I was able to do like 19 one day after after <laughs> training That's for crazy. two hours. And then and then uh, and then after working out one time, my highest number was 26. And I just remember when I used to struggle with two, you yeah. know. And it's like you said, if you just if you just put in the consistency and the, you decide like, hey, this is what I want to do, you can grow towards like health is the easiest example for me to use yeah but in business it's a little bit harder can you give an example of like business growth and like 
somewhere where like you tried something and and like okay I need to grow here 100% so let me give an example I was actually just teaching on my master coach program and I was talking about this because um, my mentor um, he has a million dollar coaching business and everybody who's on the call were coaches trying to become a master coach and I'm trying to teach them and I asked them I said let me ask you this if I gave you Josh's 100 $1 million dollar coaching business would that help you would you be able to make a million dollars next year and they're like, no. And I'm like, the reason why is because you haven't grown to be the type of person that has a million dollar business. For him, it's like being normal. It's like, yes. oh, I can make multiple six figures. I can make a million dollars. It's just the way that I am because he's grown in order to make that happen. So many people want to skip that growth path because it's painful. It's painful for me too. And like they say, new level, new devil. After you get to this point, you still got to grow. Because right now, yep. how do I grow up to be a million? How do I grow up to be 10 million? You've got to grow into that, right? Sometimes it's specific skills that you, can, that, you can, uh, um, that you need to learn. Sometimes it's like getting a bigger team, you know, who you can outsource stuff to. Sometimes it's you're taking actions that are um, lower level actions. Like instead of you doing like, um, a one-on-one, -on -one, doing a one-to-many. I mean, there's many different ways that you can grow. But when I think about this, the person who has a million-dollar business has different, uh, has grown differently than somebody who has a $100,000 business. And it's not like there's some that are that means that you're bad or that you're wrong. No, that's just where you are, right? And when you realize where you are, you can take ownership of it and go, okay, what's the next step that I can take to actually become that next version of me? For me personally, give you an example. Um, I used to be the person who was always like um, sending messages to people, reaching out to people on social media and doing all that stuff. So first off, for my personality, being an introvert, believe it or not, I am an introvert. I hate doing that. <laughs> I dislike mm. reaching out to people individually, one-on-one -on -one in social media, okay? And I realized that when I get them together in groups and do workshops together and do videos, that's where I thrive, right? My podcast, that's where I thrive. But I also know that connecting people with one-on-one, -on -one, that is a great opportunity too, but it doesn't have to be done by me. And so early on, I was forcing it. And I was like, why am I not being able to pick up enough traction? I can't find enough people. I can't do... And I started to think, well, how could I do this in a way that didn't require me to do more, but maybe I could hire like a team. Maybe I can find a system. Maybe I can find a way of getting people to reach out to me instead of me having to reach out to them. And it got me to think on a different level. So I hired a team. I started using Facebook ads. I started to like put out stuff on my, um, on my podcast on how to connect with me. And what it does, it started to attract people to me. So I didn't have to be out there going out there. So level one is like, oh my God, I need to tell every human on the planet and I need to go out there and grab them and pull them over here, which is a great leader, right? But level two is like, how do I get them to come to me? Right. Mm -hmm. Number exactly. three is like, how do I get to like say something else, be entirely different? And when they, somebody sees my image on the Facebook post that they're like, oh my God, I need to listen to what this guy has to say. Right. And so it's this, this level of growth instead of like thinking about where you're at right now and saying, oh, I've just got to keep doing this. You've got to think about what's the next skill, what's the next system, what's the next level that I can get to that for that next level is just going to be whatever that, that thing is going to be is just a normal thing for me now because I'm now able to, to think on an, an entirely different level. I want, to, uh, I, want, I want to applaud you for that. That's amazing. And I want to respect your time because I know that you're such a busy man and I'm so grateful that you came on. Uh, how do people get in touch with you? How do they find out about your programs? What's the very best place for them to go? Okay, two places. Um, number one is YouTube. If you search for Modern Leadership, uh, you're going to find me there. And if, of course, you're listening to an awesome podcast, right? So uh, I also have a podcast called Modern Leadership. So both of those places are where I spend primarily most of my time. Dive into my free stuff. 
Um, get some quick wins. And if I could ever help, definitely head, don't hesitate to reach out. And Super Dave, I just want to end with this. Dude, what you're doing here is magical. It's powerful. Um, the world needs leaders like you more than ever. People who are willing to put this stuff together. Like it, people don't know all the stuff behind the scenes that we have to do to put together a podcast. And I just want to say how much I so appreciate much you for doing that. <laughs> so much for leading from the front. Um, dude, and, and I, like, I just appreciate your friendship and for you reaching out and for you even offering to allow me to come on. Thank you so, so much, Mark. I appreciate you, and I will talk to you very soon. Sounds good. All right, all right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of this story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at davidleith1. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.